0: i Welcome, welcome to the globally syndicated podcast phenomenon known as the Old Man's Podcast. My name is Rocky Streb, but you can call me Coach Streb if you prefer, many have, and I am That Old Man. Yes, this podcast is made by an old man, but it's for everyone. After nearly four decades as a teacher and a coach, I've got myself some stories, lots of stories to share with the listeners. Thousands of kids over the decades have helped me paint a unique picture of our world. A picture that is made up of those stories. Stories that you'll enjoy and relate to. I have stories that will make you smile. Stories that are uplifting. Stories that make you think and possibly even adjust your perspective. Some of my stories are stories that we can learn from. They'll help you get more out of life. It's the observations of the world that only an old man can come up with. And, after all, isn't that what an old guy does best? tell stories based on life experiences? I believe we can both learn a little bit. I can learn from what you know, and you can learn from what I've seen through the decades. Coming up on this episode... The Old Man's Podcast. I want to solve the mystery of the five servings of fruits and vegetables we all know about on our daily suggested intakes. We're supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables. That's not very specific. I'm going to get a little more specific with you so you know exactly what you got to work with. I want to talk about a best day ever. You've had them, but I'm not talking about the typical best day ever. You know, the birth of your children, your wedding. Things like that are just too easy. How about the days that you'd like to live over and over again? If you could. That makes for a best day ever. I was in a Chinese restaurant recently, and there was this hipster dude there that just had to have chopsticks. And I wanted to tell him, dude, that's some old technology. Have you upgraded recently? And the pep talk for this episode comes from a quote from Mark Twain often used subject here on The Old Man's Podcast, regrets. So, all of that on this week's episode of The Old Man's Podcast. We all try to eat right. But I've long been frustrated by the ambiguous dietary guideline of five daily servings of fruits and vegetables. It seems like it's a pretty wide berth, right? Five is a pretty big number of something that you're supposed to eat. And there's two categories here, fruits and vegetables. Now, it's no secret that eating five servings of fruits and vegetables is really a boon for your overall health and well-being. We've known that much for a long, long time. But they, whoever they are, have always been a little vague in terms of the breakdown. Five of what? There's a lot of options here. Well, I've done some research on this, read a real nice article, and I'm going to share the results with my listeners. What does that five servings mean? To tell me that I need five servings of fruits and vegetables, and I guess it's an and or, every day, doesn't really work much for my OCD. It's a fairly wide margin. It could be anything from five bananas a day or to five sticks of celery a day or something in between. See, I like bananas and celery's kind of plain. So there's lots of room for interpretation. And for me, that means plenty to worry about in terms of getting it perfect which is what I have to have. So how do I settle this? Well, I went to reading a study. It's a study from the American Heart Association and it's published in their magazine, a periodical called Circulation. How awesome is that? The American Heart Association has a periodical titled Circulation. It's a great name. Good job, guys, admire that. Anyway, back to what is actually printed in this magazine, Circulation. In this study, the results do seem to prove out that there's actually an optimal ratio of fruits to vegetables that can help you live longer. Okay, that's what I want to know. What's the optimal ratio? I want to know how much and of what is the absolute best. Somebody has to be able to determine this, right? Well, it turns out that the optimal ratio is two servings of fruits and three servings of vegetables. That's the sweet spot. Let me say it again. Two fruit, three vegetables each and every day is the sweet spot for optimal health, at least in the dietary guidelines, according to the study for fruits and vegetables. This is a good study. It was based on health data, including dietary feedback for more than 100,000 people, and it was done over 30 years. Now that's a really deep study, and as a result of that, these findings should be considered extremely significant. The analysis associated five servings of produce each day with the lowest risk of health. So the number five holds true, and again that sweet spot is two servings of fruits and three servings of vegetables each and every day. Turns out an interesting point in this study is that eating more than five servings does not provide additional benefits. Five is as good as you can get, according to this study. I am actually very happy to have some solid numbers to work with. This helps the OCD me plan out my daily diet. Each morning I get up, I lay out the food that I'm going to eat and register it all in a journal that I keep so I can keep track of what I'm doing. On the five servings of produce, For the fruits, I usually go with a banana sometime in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll have an apple or raisins are one I like to keep around. You can get the little boxes of raisins and they're easy to lug around to different places. So if you're moving around a lot, getting your two fruits really isn't that much difficult. There's a lot of options out there. Now with vegetables, it's a little more difficult. There's preparation time involved. I typically get the frozen Uh, servings in a box or a bag that you just stick in the microwave, they're typically two to two and a half, sometimes three servings in in one container, which is right where I need to be, right there, the three servings. Knowing that, optimally speaking, the five servings a day should be two servings of fruit and three servings of vegetable provides a little bit of clarity amongst all of the dietary confusion. And that's this episode's tip for the health of it. Folks, I know there's a lot of entertainment options out there in your world and maybe you're new to podcasting or maybe podcast is a big part of your life. Either way, you've chose to give up your time to listen to my podcast. And for that, I am grateful. Beyond that, I'd like to ask a couple more favors. If you wouldn't mind on your podcast delivery app, subscribing to this podcast, I would really appreciate it. It helps me get the word out that I actually have a podcast And if we feel like it's worth the time, we'd like to share that information with other people. Another thing that you can do to help me out is leave a review or make a rating. But definitely word of mouth is good too. So please pass on the good news to your friends and family. The Old Man's Podcast. Made by an old man, but made for everybody. What's on the old man's mind? Well, I was thinking about best day ever. That don't mean the typical best day stuff that everybody's going to answer, especially a husband. Oh, best day ever, my wedding. Oh, best day ever, the birth of my children. Stuff like that is just way too easy. I think more of a best day ever for what actually didn't happen versus what did take place. A best day ever would be kind of a lazy day on vacation most likely, but it doesn't have to be. It's where you didn't have a care in the world. And as adults, times like that, they're rare, aren't they? Can you think of when you may have last experienced such spiritual bliss? I really hope so, because best days ever, those are the days that keep us going when things get bleak. And getting bleak happens way too often. Let me explain a bit more what I mean by best day ever. A best day ever is a perfect day. It's a day that is simple and pretty much unremarkable. So if you aren't paying attention, you could easily overlook what was actually a best day ever. And I guess that, my friends, is the real tragedy. You don't want to overlook what might be the best days of your life. My first example, and you've likely had a similar day to this, was a day at the beach when time seemed to have stopped. Now that's a good sign for a best day ever, when you lose track of time. It was several years ago, in fact I can't remember exactly when, that's how good of a day it was. And there have been beach days before, and there will be beach days again. But this one really hit the spot, relaxation wise. I had dragged all my beach gear first thing in the morning, and set up on the beach waiting for everyone else to show up. They were probably sleeping in, and I was alone, and that was fine. I didn't mind doing that. Out of everything, man, I had the awning that you put up for shade, big cooler stocked to the brim, drinks and snacks for the day. I dragged down a couple of chairs. I had a Bluetooth speaker, lots of country music and beach music and reggae music. I was ready to go. My beach wagon had been fully loaded and I could barely drag it down there, but I did. I probably made two trips thinking about it now. And there I sat on the beach in my chair, mostly in the shade of course, sipping a pre-prepared assortment of morning and then afternoon drinks and snacks. I had tunes, a magazine or two, a book. I'm sure I dozed off some. Family members kind of came and went as the day progressed my setup had essentially become home base for our family's beachgoers for that entire day. I guess one of the logical questions that might be coming through your head right now is, uh, what would you do about the bathroom? I did mention I was at the beach, right? That means there's this giant ocean with an easy walking or even crawling distance. I think I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, at some point, I noticed it was getting darker. Sunset was to my back. So I decided to look at the time. It was 6 p.m. I'd been there for 10 hours since 8 a.m. and didn't even realize that much time had passed. If you'd asked me, I'd have thought it was about two in the afternoon. So yes, when time disappears, that day is a candidate for best day ever. Another criteria for me anyway, for a best day ever, is when the unexpected, pleasantly unexpected occurs chance encounters, making new friends, the unplanned event that puts a smile on your face. Let me give you an example. A couple of years ago, our Kirkwood Hog motorcycle group was doing a nine-day ride from St. Louis to Charleston, South Carolina and back. Now we left a day early so we could take our time at the onset of the adventure. The first day was about a 10-hour drive, so I decided to leave one day early and go five hours And one day and then five hours the next day. Kind of split it up so it wasn't that bad. I didn't want to cover 10 hours on the first day of a nine-day ride. Break it up a little bit. We really didn't have a course laid out. We pretty much just left and went southeast. Not really all that sure where we were or where we were headed. Other than we were going to end up closer to the destination of day one than we were when we left. And that was good enough. We left right after lunch, around 12.30, I was hoping to get those four or five hours in, stop for dinner, and shack up at a hotel somewhere along the way. We made it through southeast Missouri and all of Illinois easy enough, but as soon as we crossed the border into Kentucky, traffic was halted on this small two-lane road that we were on. Ahead, the bridge was out or something like that. Cell service in the area was very poor, so I really wanted to have human directions to get me around this roadblock. I went into a gas station to ask. The poor kid, just a teenager behind the counter, barely knew how to explain where she was, more or less how to get around the obstacle. Lucky for me, a customer who had stopped in to get a snack heard the conversation and stepped in to assist. This super nice lady volunteered right there to lead us around the obstacle And what ended up to be a very complicated journey. She knew the way around because she lived nearby. In fact, she drove past her house to get us safely on our way and I assume then went back home. That was friendly encounter with a stranger number one for that budding best day ever. About an hour or so down the road, we pulled into a good sized town that looked like it would be a good overnight stop. You know, I had a hotel and a place to eat. And it was not a dry county. As we got towards the town center, I saw two kids playing on bikes in front of a fire station. Pulled over to ask the two boys if they knew where there was a hotel. They provided directional assistance right there in a way that only 10-year-old boys can. We snapped a few good selfies and they exclaimed a whole lot of wows. They were really happy to be able to help and impressed with the motorcycles. Eventually, I got the directions down and off we went, making that friendly chance meeting number two. We quickly got settled into the hotel and noticed that there was an interesting mom and pop kind of diner right next door. Another perfect but unplanned occurrence. By the way, I'm a big fan of the non-franchise type dining experiences. This one did not disappoint. Whenever I'm traveling out of town, I like to go mom and pop. And this one, as I said, was a good one. There actually wasn't very many people in the restaurant, and our waiter, a young man who played college football at a school not very far away, spent a lot of time talking with us. He was very familiar with local football, and we talked about some high school and some college gridiron traditions that were true about the area. I learned a lot about northern Kentucky high school and college football, so mark that up as friendly chance meeting number four. For me, all those unplanned and pleasant occurrences makes for another best day ever candidate it was just fun and interesting isn't that a best day ever candidate how about you what makes for a best day ever in your mind now you can voicemail me on the anchor app if that's what you're using to listen to this podcast you can always email me at the old man's email at yahoo.com maybe the best way to communicate with me is the Old Man's Podcast page on Facebook. If you're a Facebooker, hit that page and like it. The Old Man's Podcast now has a website page. It's up and running. I have the link to my website on the Old Man's Podcast page on Facebook. I also tweet it out occasionally on the Old Man Tweet 1. And I'll put it out there on Instagram too, the Old Man's Adventures. The URL for the website is pretty long. So you're going to take a shortcut. Just go to the Old Man's Podcast page on Facebook, look for me on Twitter or Instagram, and you'll get that link. Tell me what you think a best day ever looks like. All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. Here's a favorite quote of mine that's attributed to Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Mark Twain, man, I like that one. Regular listeners to the Old Man's Podcast, you know I've harked on that topic since episode one. And this is episode 45, so how long has that been? It's been a long time. As I have argued, regrets, like a lot of the things that you don't do, are possibly the sorriest things that a person can experience. Even more devastating than the death of a loved one. How can I say that? Well, it's simple, really. In that example, a sad one that it is, death of a loved one, how much more devastating would it be If there were things that you wanted to say to that person, but you just never got around to doing it, at least not before it was too late. And that's what I mean. That's a great example of how emotionally disastrous regrets can be. Here, Twain points out regrets are normally the result of fear. He advises us to sail away from safe harbor. That's what he said. Don't be afraid. Well, what is it that we fear? I think for most of us, it's usually failure. And with failure comes embarrassment, so we're afraid of being embarrassed. It's the feeling sometimes that we let other people down, people that we care about. I think that's what we're really afraid of, failure and letting others down. And I've argued, for about 45 episodes now, that's some BS. In my argument, failure is necessary. You know, it's even welcomed. Because the lessons that we learn from failure are the lessons that stick with us. I don't think anybody learns very much or finds a whole lot of valuable lessons in success. At least not the way you do after failing. To me, true failure is not trying new things. The safe road leads to failure way too often. Again, as Twain's saying here, throw off the bow lines sail away from safe harbor, try new things. If You don't wanna be a failure, then you wanna be a success. And to be a success, you have to seek out and find adventure in everything that you do. Look for the unexpected. Embrace, not fear, but embrace change. Embrace the unknown. How can you tell if you're succeeding? Well, by how you're living, but tricky here, not by what you own, and not by what kind of car you drive, or not by how much money is in your bank account. It's the intangibles that best measure success. Look at what you have in relationships. Look at what you have in experiences. Look at what you've done in good deeds. Things of that intangible nature are what really define our success. Make your life a life that is worth living. And by that I mean really worthy of imitation. Because isn't that greatness? People that we consider great, great people, they do great things. And they are identified as such simply because others want to imitate them. Other people want to do what great people do. Other people want to believe What great people believe. Other people want to live how great people live. Do you want to be successful? Do you want to be great? Then live that kind of life. You have to be fearless. Not afraid of change. Not afraid of taking on the unexpected. That's greatness. Be willing to take on the unknown. Be willing to embrace change. Of course, you can't go back in time. But you can, from this point on, moving forward, live like you don't want any regrets. And maybe that means I'll see you on the road one day, on your very own motorcycle. Yay! All right, let's play Engage Your Brain. It's one of the most fun things we do all week. It serves as a reminder that as we get older, age related memory loss can be fought off a bit by doing different brain engagement activities. All right, let's do it then. So, I got a variety of questions. I just kind of mixed it up today. We're going to start with science. All right, all my former science students, I know you know this one. Chemical symbol HG. What element is the chemical symbol HG represent? Answer is. Mercury. It's only liquid metal. Of course, that's why it's in thermometers. All right, let's move to a kind of pop culture category. Which email service is owned by Microsoft? Microsoft has what email service? Obviously not Yahoo or obviously not Google. What is it? Microsoft's email service is Hotmail. So if you have a Hotmail account, that's who provides your email, Microsoft. Next one, which country produces the most coffee in the world? Kind of easy, not super easy. If you're a coffee drinker, you might know. Remember the commercial with the dude that had the donkey and it was all loaded down with coffee beans? He was in Brazil. Brazil provides the most coffee in the world. All right, two more. Here we go. This is uh, kind of a old school pop culture one. Remember Jim Morrison? Where the question says, in which city was Jim Morrison buried? I would imagine he's probably still buried there. Hopefully nobody dug him up. In which city they say was? I'm going to say is. In which city is Jim Morrison buried? This is a weird one because this is not where he's from. If you know this, you know your rock history, pop culture trivia. The answer is Paris. If you got that right kudos to you. Final question, a U.S. states question, a U.S. history question, and I did not know this. The very first state, so it was the first colony that became a state. Which state is it? Not the first one I would have thought of. The answer is Delaware, and that's engage your brain, something we need to do every day. Are you doing it? Try to remember that. A funny thing happened to me the other day at a restaurant. I was at a Chinese food restaurant, and there was this guy in front of us. Let me just describe him as a hipster. You know the type, winter hat wearing in the summer kind of guy. Yeah, real hip. He had ordered his Chinese food and he was insistent on getting chopsticks. So the rest of us, at this busy time, had to wait there behind him while he badgers the counter girl into getting him some chopsticks. They were all out and she had to go in the back and get some new ones. I'm thinking to myself, this hipster dude, he just wants to be cool. And I say that because, come on, once the fork was invented, didn't chopsticks become absolutely obsolete at that point? I mean, they're old technology, right? I'm thinking that. Hipster dude, your technology is way outdated. You just want to look cool. And I'm on to you, buddy. Now, that's judging. And whenever I do judging at that very moment, I start kind of self-reflecting on what I'm saying. Does that happen with you? Following an act of judging, do you get into a little moment of reflection? I do. It's exactly what I was doing. In this case, I'm thinking, what is it that I do that people think is me just trying to be cool? I mean, I'm the dude that rides a motorcycle, right? With a face mask and get all decked out with be looking old guy motorcycle stuff. I bet you people think I'm just trying to look cool all the time. And they would be right. But I didn't have to think very long or hard before coming to the realization that I don't care what people think. I don't ever care what other people think. And to be honest with you, other people shouldn't care what I think. You know, it's the old wear what you dig. As long as you're not infringing on my personal rights, as long as you're not causing me or mine any harm, then we should be good. So by this point, I'm feeling pretty bad that I'm judging hipster dude, you know, the winter hat wearing in the summer guy. He's just minding his own business, trying to get through life, and here I am judging him. Coming to my mind comes some kind of biblical verse, something along the lines of judge not least you be judged yourself. Uh, Sorry hipster dude. Uh, My bad. I really am sorry hipster. Wherever you are, I apologize. And I'll try to be better from now on. Heck, from now on, I might eat my Chinese food with chopsticks too in honor of your memory. episode in the can they say I appreciate you all taking the time to listen please pass this on subscribe to it on your podcast delivery app and a quick rating or review would be greatly appreciated look me up on Facebook I'm on Twitter I'm on Instagram the old man's podcast it's everywhere so don't be a stranger make sure you're safe out there come back next week again bring some friends with you but in the meantime, be sure to live, love, and play boldly. Get off my grass! Damn kids. Hey, hey, baby! No more lies! Hey, hey, baby! This is the big goodbye!